You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. As the good lady says, Locked On Browns, your team every day. Brought to you by the Locked On Podcast uh, Network. Um, guys, I had mentioned, you know, we had a new partner here. So, you uh, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. You're looking for something new. You're looking for a new podcasting app. Uh, check out Himalaya. You can find Locked On Browns over there. Go ahead, subscribe. Uh, you know, they, they're doing a fantastic job so far. You know, beginning of their infancy into the market here. But they're doing a nice job and, uh, you know, putting a little stamp here in the market in their beginning. So if you need something different, guys, go ahead, check Himalaya out. Uh, we'll get into our daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, with Jeff uh, Jeff Risden, you know, obviously everything Browns Wire, everything Lions Wire, Real GM. Uh, Jeff, before we hit the record button, the first thing I said, it, it's just so nice to start. Look, I mean, we love talking the draft, but when you can actually get something to talk about related to the teams you cover, it's a good day. I mean, it was a nice hot first week, and then, you know, oh, here's a call, here's a signing, here's a sign, not signing, nothing major. But now you get back to something today, all the energy in the building, obviously with players in the building for workouts, uh, you know, press conferences, all that good stuff. It's a good day to actually start talking football again. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's been overwhelming to cover this team today. As you know, um, having, um, what was it, eight transactions? They, they, they dropped four. They, they signed four players. We knew that all of them were going to be back, uh, but they, they dumped three, and then they traded one. Uh, it's been... Uh, and with the press conference introducing Odell Beckham Jr., uh, with wasn't that awesome seeing those guys up at the front, just seeing the future of the Cleveland Browns, and and they're, they're that picture that that is circulating with with Garrett and Baker and Landry and Beckham, oh. it was uh, that was nice, man. It's good, it good day to be a Browns fan. It's a very exciting time to be a Browns fan, and uh, today was a great kickoff for that for this, you know, for April Fools. Um, it, they ain't fooling around, boys. They're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, there was no fooling around, obviously, in Berea today. Um, the only thing, though, is like, I kind of wish they would have gotten Joe Schobert up there. I mean, you know, they're kind of the unsung guy of it all. But, you know, look, there were four of them. We could have gotten five. Who cares? Whatever. Um, but the moment itself was just great. And, and you just sit there and you look and you're like, oh, my God. There isn't a guy look here I'm looking at who's 26 years old yet. This is insane. That's right. And, and that's just the scary part about it. And the foundation is built. And there's so many other guys who probably could have been worthy of being up there, whether it was a Larry Ogunjobi or a Joel Batonio. And it's just like you're getting really – it's just getting a scary good and obviously the expectations off the charts. I guess we'll get this one out of the way here. Obviously late in the afternoon. Kind of had a feeling something was coming along. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Ogba not in the building. Duke Johnson not in the building. Uh, yes, Duke Johnson has requested first trade. Guys, I've been telling you for a while. This is somewhat Duke Johnson as much as it is the Browns. The Browns feel they don't know what to do with him, so you can't pay a guy $5 million if you don't know how big of a role it is. Once they sign Kareem Hunt, Duke Johnson's, well, well what is he thinking? Well, damn it, I've never gotten my turn. Now I'm not going to get my turn. So, you know, it's it's some Duke Johnson. Look, guys, and everybody, oh, well, it's going to help the longevity of Duke Johnson's career. Players want to play. Nobody wants to say, oh, we'll get to you in a year and a half. No, these guys, guys want to play. That's what they do. That's how they're born. It's how they're bred. But um, obviously, Emmanuel Agba moved on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Eric Murray brought on in here to Cleveland. Um, I guess we'll start with Murray coming in. And it's actually funny, Jeff, because uh, you know Murray was a running mate and a draft class guy with one guy, we moved out of here, and I know for you and I know for me, we kind of preferred our guy, Bodie Calhoun. But I think both of them 
ended up finding a niche here in the league. But And now Murray, Murray comes in here, and look, at least it gives you a chance to have a full defense to do some stuff in these early OTAs. Yeah, it, they have a viable starter now at the, the second safety position. And I'm going to get away from, and all Browns fans need to get away from calling them strong and free safety because that is not what we have anymore. We have safeties. Yes. They, they will not be, yes, Demarius Randall will be primarily the coverage safety, coverage-oriented safety, but that doesn't mean that you're going to see Eric Murray or whoever winds up starting at the other safety spot uh, and I tend to think it won't be Murray. I think it'll be somebody else with Murray playing, uh, ironically, the role that, that Bobby Calhoun played for <laughs> Cleveland as sort of the third safety and fourth cornerback, and I think that's what he's best at. We uh, don't like you, but we like your brother. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, exactly, yeah. Um, so, But Murray is a former cornerback. Um, like you said, at Minnesota, he, he ran with, with, with my guy BBC and uh, um, was was more hyped by the draft community, even though I thought he was a lesser player. Uh, and it turned pretty quickly that he couldn't play corner for the Chiefs in the NFL. He just doesn't have the the twitchiness, uh, the, the instant reactivity. So they moved him to safety. And it took him a year to adjust. And last year he wound up starting, I think it was nine games for him, but playing yep. the, the predominance of the snaps at safety. And he acquitted himself okay. He is not a star. He is not ever going to be confused for a pro bowler. He is not as good as Jabril Peppers. <laughs> but the the – the way that this defense is going to be set up under Steve Wilkes, they don't need him to be that. They need him to be a reliable guy who can tackle in space, who can carry a, cover a tight end, who can you know pick that transition area up when a, when a tight end or a slot receiver or a running back comes out of the backfield or, or gets out wide and goes beyond the linebacker. He can do that pretty well. He, he's, he's fine at that. He's not, a, he's not a difference maker, but the Browns have difference makers on the defense already. This is a guy, he's upgrade over Derek Kindred, um, who's no longer with the team. One, another one of the moves today. Um, so if, if, you're, if you're looking at it that way, they got a more useful guy. He's going to play a lot more than Ogbo would have. Yes. Um, and, and, and this is actually something I'm writing for Brownswire that will be up in the morning uh, about Ogbo's point of view. Okay, This guy, he was your starting defensive end for three years. They bring in Olivier Vernon over him on depth chart. That's a shot at his ego. Um, I, don't, I don't care, you know, however, however humble, you know, and, and easygoing and everything Emmanuel Ogbo was, dude wants to play. He's in a contract year. This is the last year of his contract, and he just lost his chance to show off to get that big second contract. And that's what everybody really wants is, is that second contract because that's where NFL players get paid because they're still young enough to, to have some potential upside uh, but have enough, you know, backing behind him and like, hey, man, this is what I can do. Um, and he wasn't going to get that in Cleveland. He wasn't going He was. He was not going to get more than two sacks this year because he was going to be the guy. Vernon plays on pass downs. Agba played on rundowns. That's that's not a sexy role. That's not something that's going to earn you twelve million dollars a year in the offseason unless you sign and Raiders find up a little more cap room to play with because that's what they do. But that, that's. I get why he wanted to go. And I get that they made a decent trade. Um, they got player-for-player player value, which I like. You're getting a more proven commodity. You're getting a guy that John Dorsey once drafted in the fourth round, yep. the same year that Agbo uh, was taken in the second round. So Dorsey knows him. He, they, he, he will understand what Murray can and can't do coming into this. And I like having that sort of familial aspect to it. Uh, I don't think it meant, it doesn't mean the end of the shopping for, 
for at safety, be it draft or free agency. No. I think it puts it on a back burner, but I don't think I still think it's a, a one of the more pressing needs on the defense. But you know, I, I'm sad to see Agba go. I thought honestly, I thought he was a reasonably priced backup, a role player, and a guy who who did his job very well, did it without complaining, and has a lot of value left. But it just wasn't worth it for him. Um, to, to be in Cleveland, I understand why he would want to get out. And uh, for that, I, I wish him well. I, I don't hold any ill will towards him for, for wanting to be out of that situation. I get it. It was crimping on his ability to cash in on himself. Um, that's What do players want? They want, they want that big paycheck. He wasn't going to get it. So I, I, I'm totally with him on that. Yeah, I would say that as far as trades, I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily it's a, a fair trade, but it's a good trade for both players. Um, you know, Amanda yeah, Logba, it is. We were going through the 0-16 season, and before he broke his foot, you know, I had said many times, I said, this guy has been the defensive MVP at this point, and nobody will remember an 0-16 team and say, oh, well, their defense was pretty good. No, their defense was pretty good. Um, everything else sucked on offense, but their defense was pretty good, and up until the time he had broken his foot, he really looked like he had been the team MVP. He personally had a shot maybe at a, a Pro Bowl spot that ended up going to Joe Schobert. Um, pass rush-wise, he doesn't always get home. But he does bring the intangibles of, if he doesn't, get my eyes on the quarterback. And if he's even looking remotely my way, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get my arms up. And he bats down a bunch of balls. He's going to go to a place where they just moved on from Justin Houston and D. Ford. They're starving for some pass rush in Kansas City. Um, They get it here with giving up a guy, you know, in Murray. Now, Murray comes here. Um, plus special teamer, he's, you know, I've talked to some guys in Kansas City today, that's one thing they say, he's a little bit underrated, and sometimes special teams goes unnoticed, and when I said this, you know, last summer, oh, well, let's keep Jeff Janis, he's a good, you know, going around, it didn't matter, the team is 0-16, you weren't worried about special teams at that point. Now, where you're 7-8-1, and and everybody and their brother and their brother's cat says, you're going to win the AFC North, (laughs) if you want to start saying, yeah, we wanted some guys who were, you know, plus special teamers, yeah, I'm okay with that. Does it adjust how the draft focus is? Zip, zilt, zero, nada. What it says is we don't have a first-round pick, so we're not going to be able to draft a safety where we say, here's the keys, you get the car from day one. You need a fallback. And Murray will give you this. And as a cornerback, went to the combine and ran under 4-5. So he can run with running backs. He should be able to run with tight ends. That's something you're getting in him, and you also whoever you bring in, whether it's your safety at 49 or 80, you're not just saying, "Hey, kid, grow up, grow up quick." You got to be ready to go by week one. He's got a way to ease his way in, and you can still do the combos of the safeties if you want to. Obviously, with Kindred gone, and this is the other part that hurts about this. You hate seeing guys, and this started with Zeitler. You hate seeing guys who were good, competitive, tough football players for this team. Not get to round, not get to stick around to see what could be the final, you know, the greatness of it. But it's it's just the way the business works. It, it it's tough to, and even Kindred. I mean, it was going to make maybe two million dollars. I mean, was always the good soldier. You know, made a lot more times. He made his play by letting a, a pulling guard knock him out to the sideline, so a linebacker could make it play. Like sometimes he graded out better than he ever had an impact on the game. You know, and did his assignment, but. You just got to trust it. I mean, when you see this today and you go to this press conference, Jeff, and you see Miles Garrett, you see Jarvis Landry, you see Odell Beckham, you see Baker Mayfield, you're like, well, you know what? Just trust John. Just trust him at this point. Because, I mean, this is what's going on. All these guys are under 26, and you think about everybody else that's still in that building to go along with it. You just got to let John do his thing at this point. 
Yeah, and, and it's important to know that they do have all those stars, so they don't need Murray to be great. They just need him to be functional, mm-hmm. and he can certainly be that. And I like the idea he can be your third safety if you bring in, let's say, Juan Thornhill or Darnell Savage, a couple of guys who could very well be the number 49 well, pick. I, I, I think, I think with what today's statement is, you know, Juan Thornhill's a guy we've been talking about, and damn it, Pete, all right, yeah, all right, you're good on this guy. <laughs> but uh, Savage now, I mean, yeah, he's another one. I mean, these are guys that are going to, you know, and my guy Taylor Rapp, I mean, I'm hoping we get an official on that 40 because uh, I love the player. I, I never saw a full 474 speed on tape. But yeah, I mean, you know, Savage, who you know, and Thornhill, I mean, and you know, Thornhill. The thing is, with the coverage ability, you know, because he was a corner and obviously tested like a freak. Um, yeah, that's did. something you're going to want there, because you know, if you're going to show some cover two, some cover four, you want these guys to be able to break on the ball. Exactly, and and I think that's another thing. You know, I, I remember Eric Murray at Minnesota. Breaking up a lot of passes, but not being able to catch them. Um, that, that's still better than allowing the completion and making the tackle afterwards. So, yeah, it's, it, it does give them some flexibility to do things now. Now they, they're not locked in to taking, you know, the, the top safety at, at 49 or 80. or, or sign, They don't necessarily have to go out and sign a Trey Boston now, even though I would still very much like that. Well, or, Trey, or Boston, even like, Trey Boston, his camp, I keep saying it. they got to understand, you're, if it's already three weeks into it, you're not getting that nice plump deal you're hoping for. Some guys just got to go the one-year, two-year route. Sadly for Trey Boston, he just looks like he's going to be one of those guys. You know, and he went through this last year, so he should know better. That's, yep. that's more on his representation than on Trey. And that, that happened. Dude, there are bad agents out there. We know who they are. We know them. We have to deal with them. And I, I, I wish that fans would realize that a lot of times – one of the reasons why players fail is because their agents fail them. And that is, I don't want to talk bad about people, but that's happening with Trey Boston. <laughs> He's right in that group. Um, and even still, like, and I'll go to this one, Bashard Perriman. Would you have rather stuck around here for one year, four million, and have Baker throwing you the ball? Or Jameis Winston, who knows what the hell's going on in Tampa? I mean, is anybody even going to watch a Tampa game this year? Because everybody is going to watch a Cleveland Browns game this year. Everyone, primetime games, playoff games, I still think his better option was to stick around, but is what it is. Well, you know, it, I, 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 get, I understand why he would go because he's going to get more opportunities to catch balls, and uh, being across from Mike Evans is not a bad place to be if you're a wide receiver either. Although I would take Jameis low, much lower than I would take Baker Mayfield throwing the ball to me, but yeah, you know, he made a business decision. I, I saw well, why he's he got save some money. He'll save some money on the Florida taxes, though. Yes, yes, he will. Um, maybe, maybe he can recruit Ricardo Lewis to join him there because Ricardo ain't with the Browns anymore. Um, yep. That was, you know what? That, that was a sad one. I was looking back. Uh, I, I've tried to block out the 2017 season as much as possible. I did remember that Ricardo Lewis led the Browns wide receivers that year in receptions and receiving yards, 27 and 347. That that's that's a good two weeks for Jarvis Landry, um, and probably less than Odell Beckham can put up in a two week period. <laughs> that's just disgraceful, disgraceful numbers, um, guys. Uh, I, I just remember the, to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever expanding podcast community, you need Himalaya with the personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Browns. Um, now, Jeff, this is the first time we've had you on since, I mean, it just got crazy. I think, I think the last time I talked to you, I was in Indianapolis. Yes, and then all of a sudden, I guess it was Tuesday, March 12th, and you'll appreciate this, Jeff. Me and Pete are sitting here, we're recording, and it's like, all right, well, Sheldon Richardson, and we're going on and on, 
And then Pete's like, uh, and Pete's like, here it is. Uh, they had, so now he's trying to speak on Sheldon Richardson. I send him a message. I'm like, we just need to scrap this and start from the beginning, right? And he, uh, oh, absolutely, F and A. Yeah, that's that's the right way to go. Um, but the initial reaction, and it, it, I mean, and look, Jabril was a nice player. I mean, we had no doubts about it. But it was, if it was 17, it was Jabril, and it was 96, and John Dorsey turned this deal down. Three quarters yeah. of Ohio would have been in there to burn him to the. It, it was just a. It's weird that you know because obviously they were the ones moving Odell. It's weird that John said it was almost like the Kramer getting the free coffee for life, and I'll take it. Like I mean, like that's it. You're good with this deal. Okay, sure, we'll take it then. Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny. I was so <laughs> I had been tipped off about you know, two o'clock that afternoon. Uh, from the Giants side of things, that things were very, very serious. Um, I, I happen to know a bunch of Giants guys. They're good people. Um, their media people do a good job for the most part. And uh, so they're like, oh, you might want to have something ready to go. And and, and, and Tim Torres from Brownsville will actually verify this. We pre-wrote Odell Beckham traded to the Browns stuff like two weeks before it because we had an inkling that it was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it, was, tipped, it was the Monday night. Was, on, yep, the Monday night yeah. the week before. Yep. Your roommate. Um, so, so, so we had that ready to go. So we, we were we were able to publish instantly, which was pretty darn sweet. Um, but yeah, so I'm at my daughter's volleyball practice, and it's just about to wrap up, and the girls are like getting around and gathering around the coaches, and I squealed a little, like oh, like oh, oops, oops. <laughs> sorry, that was out loud <laughs> because it actually happened. Then it was, um, you know, I, I like the real peppers. I like real peppers more than most Browns fans do. I happen to watch him at Michigan a lot. I watched his developmental arc. He's a good player. He's he's not he's not probably ever going to live up to the draft status that he has just because he's not he's not that big of a playmaker. He's a really good starting safety though, and I think the I think he'll do very well for the Giants, and I wish him well. But the problem is, he goes there as their best defensive player and right it, now, and that's a lot. Well, their 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 best defensive players from last year were Landon Collins. He's gone. Olivier yep. Vernon. He's gone. Uh, you know, name 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 a Giants player who was good last year. They're not there anymore. Other than well, I'd say Eli, but he wasn't very good either. Well, Saquon. So, <laughs> yeah, a rookie of the year. Okay, I'll give him that. And he was he was he was. You know, we've had this conversation, Jeff. I I I would have voted for Baker Mayfield for rookie of the year, but I get why mm. Saquon got it. But man, yeah, that's. He got it because he's a New York Giant. That's why he got it. Exactly, um, and, and you know he was deserving. Don't get me wrong there, but yeah, if he if the roles were reversed, you damn well better believe that Baker Mayfield would have been the rookie of the year if he if he did what he did in Cleveland in New York. Yeah, yeah, that's that's frustrating. So, but getting the first round pick that, that that's a no brainer. What, what, what was the biggest need on the offense? You could argue tackle. But you would always come back to receiver. Now Jarvis Landry is your number two. Sorry, Pete. Uh, Richard Higgins is your number three. Uh, you've got Antonio Callaway can kind of you know he can be your four. He can be your outside guy. You can teach him some things in the slot. You have depth now, and you have a star. You have an alpha male, a guy who gets along with. Obviously, he gets along with Jarvis Landry. They're boys. And, and by the way, that Nike ad that came out today that was. Awesome. Oh my God! Really so well done job by Nike. But you saw, like in the press conference, how how Beckham and Landry interacted together, and how they interacted with Baker. It, it's clear that Odell feels comfortable and at home with these guys. 
He did not have that in New York, and I think that's still some of the media perception of it. He and Eli Manning are very different people. They come from very different backgrounds, very different places. Which is funny, because they both attended the same high school, but it is very, very it is. weird. It is weird, isn't it? Yes. It, yeah, that is, that is bizarre. But it, it seems like Odell is a better fit for the mentality of Baker. You know, kind of a, a brash guy. It got some swagger to him. Got not afraid to let you know that he's really good. That's not something that anybody's ever going to say about Eli Manning. Nope. <laughs> he's not he's not outwardly cocksure. That's just not not his nature. And I th- I think Odell responds to that. And I love having Landry, his best friend for life, there to help him and and understand, you know, and and help explain to the rest of the team that you know if Odell does something that that might seem weird, and and the New York media picks up on it, and they're like, oh my god, you know, he's, he's killing the team or whatever. Um, now, now the Browns players are like, "Hey, you know, what, what's going on here?" And they have somebody with, with an, a direct conduit into Odell's brain, and I think that's a very important factor. And I think that's going to help a lot. Um, it will help him. I think it will help Odell deal with the, uh, shall we say, peculiar wing of the Cleveland media, and I, I think that's an asset too. Um, there, I, 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 I don't even know what to say for them. They have no idea what they're in for. Um, these are the same folks who got Baker Mayfield fined last year for his gesture after a touchdown pass. Um, are they going to sit there like you know, like the nerd police and you know? I think Odell touched his crotch on his touchdown. I think he touched his crotch. I mean, just let it go. You people have waited so long to cover a good product. Just let it be and enjoy every oh. damn second of it. Um, yeah. Now uh, you know. I'll, I'll say something real fast on that. I, I grew up reading the, the, the Plain Dealer and the Lorraine Journal was my hometown paper. I grew up reading Hal Lebovitz. The, the late, great Hal Lebovitz was the Browns beat writer um, when I was a kid. And he the, the thing that I always loved about him was that he really seemed to enjoy the players and enjoy them enjoying themselves. You know, the, the Ozzie Newsome, Clay Matthews, the, the, the Pruitt boys era, the Brian Seif, particularly on the Cypher Bowl team. He had a lot of fun with that. And, the, the, the current media, by and large, in Cleveland, they, they don't want to have fun with it. I don't get that. It, it bugs me. Mike, they, I, I don't know if they're ca- in ca- I don't know if they're capable of it, and that's like the weirdest part. You know, even even today. Oh, well, it's kind of rude to the Indians. You know, it, it's opening day. Well, no, it's not. This is the you know, this now. It is the beginning of the second phase of the 2019 season. I just and. Whatever, maybe they baseball, had to work twice baseball today. Is so, maybe, maybe it's just because I do not live in a major... I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We have a single-A affiliate of a bad Detroit Tigers team. Baseball is so freaking far off my radar right now. I'm not sure I could name you... Again, I, and I, and I work for a radio station that broadcasts the Tigers team. I'm not sure I could name you five Tigers. I'm not sure I could name you ten Indians. And I still somewhat profess to be an Indians fan, and I know that they're really good. It's just... The Browns are so foot. It's it's a football town. Football is one, two, three, four on the on the the, the depth chart of Cleveland sports pecking order. If if they don't like that, then the only way to do that is for the Indians to do better. And with what their owner said last week, they're clearly not going to do better anytime soon. So you know, they cast their own bet in that. Yeah, and it's look, it's just the way it's going to go. I mean, you know, football should be your prime thing, and obviously the Cavs aren't helping anything here. And just with everything that's going on in that building, um, I will go with this though. If if you want to go and you want to say number two wide receiver, I could say Jarvis would be the second wide receiver in receptions. You could maybe find a way where Callaway was maybe second in yards. 
You could maybe find a way where yeah. Higgins was second. Into it's, it's just a nice problem to have. And then uh, that eighty-five right. guy Najoku, yeah, he's kind of interesting too. So he's going to catch a bunch too. And the, and you trust that Baker and Freddie are going to find the right matchups on the right plays to to keep everybody happy. I I have no doubt that Jarvis Landry would be perfectly happy catching three passes for twenty-seven yards if it meant that his team wins thirty to thirteen. No doubt in my mind that he would accept that. Yeah, well, I think all of them will. I mean, that's how yeah. I mean, they're all star. I mean, look, Jarvis wasn't winning anything in Miami anyway. Um, and Odell, it's the same thing. It was, you know, I mean, there was the, you know, the one playoff gaffe in Green Bay or whatever where it didn't work out. And But other than that, I mean, everybody here is labeled as a loser. They got to be chomping at the bit to get this. Um, guys, iTunes, rating reviews, they always help the show, the growth of the show, uh, and always greatly appreciated. So do me a favor, drop on over uh, you know, to your iTunes, drop a five-star written review. Thank you so much, guys. Now, as we go along here, Jeff, uh, obviously, it, it, it's still... We have a lot going on today. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it is that. I, and, you know, look, I mean, you still have to get to the presser. All I'm saying is, look, I mean, love the player part of it for every drop it as it is. And like I told you, what you're going to see when you listen to Freddie talk is... It is such a revelation to have a guy speak, and I used this phrase before we hit the record button, as opposed to a guy who's trying to sell you a used car but is not going to let you take it for a test drive. Freddie was fantastic, and if it didn't even get you pumped up, and this is before the play, and it's a good thing they put the players after Freddie because everybody was blown away by the by the guys, obviously, but Freddie spoke, and, and the thing I like about Freddie Kitchens is I don't think there's any BS to him. Um, you can... Even if John said, look, I don't want you to talk about that, lie, avoid the question, whatever, I don't think Freddie's that guy. Like, I don't think he could lie if he wanted to. Like, it might be an issue he's got to a fault, which is great. This is what you want your head coach to tell you like it is. But, Jeff, there is still a draft coming here. Obviously, it looks like for most intents and purposes, we're going to see 32 guys go by. But there is. There's 49, 80, obviously, to 119 in the fourth. And then you get, Jeff, which we love, that third day in that fifth round. Oh, yeah. And there's three <laughs> right in there. Then you can just start going plucking away personal favorites because even for Cleveland, it's going to be like, look, we're look. I don't care where he plays. I don't necessarily know the guy can make the team. So he better be a damn good player because he's going to have to wow to stick around. There's a very real chance that only one or two of the draft picks this year are ever active on the 53-man roster. Isn't unless that something a goes horribly long, yes. Unless something goes horribly right. long. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and maybe one of them will push out last year's one real big black eye in Chad Thomas. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, I am excited by the fact this is a, now they are a team that can take a developmental type of you know better athlete than football player and yep. have guys teach him football um, with his incredible athleticism. That's not something that they've been afforded a chance to do in the past. They've had to rush these guys out there. Ricardo Lewis is a good example of that. Yep. That guy probably shouldn't have played his first year. He was raw. He was athletic, and he got by on that, but he, he didn't run good routes. He didn't understand blocking. He didn't understand spacing, um, the spatial concepts of where to be on the field, when to be there. You know, that, that, that's things that he did learn over time. Th- they're not going to have to play those guys this year. That's, nope. for me, you know, let's look at Desmond Harrison last year, left tackle. He should never have played. Come on. <laughs> Now this year, um, as, as unconfident as I am in Greg Robinson, and I know that a lot of people get on me for that, but I'm still not sold, um, but they have a chance to at least buy a year or eight games with Greg Robinson 
um, and, and understand that he's he can be competent, he can be capable, uh, and take an offensive tackle who's an athletic project in the third or fourth round and see what they've got in a year or two. Um, the, the big dude from Virginia Tech, the, the monster, I can't think of his name right at the moment, athletic monster, um, there's a guy who needs some technical work. Now they have they have a chance to coach these guys up and get it and not have to rush it onto the field. That's what this draft is going to be fun for, is that we don't have to project where these guys are going to play right away. They're going to be like, oh, he's going to be the fourth offensive tackle on the team. Okay, that's cool. I can live with that. Instead yep. of, oh, my God, we're taking a guy in the fifth round and he's got to start right away. That, <laughs> those days are gone. It's nice, but uh, give me a couple of gems here that you think will fit. You know, uh, you know, some guys you like that need some. Obviously, you're going to need some work. Yeah, um, uh, well, there's there's certainly you know quite a few guys. Um, I, I'll tell you um, one who's not getting enough love: um, a wide receiver out of Toledo, Cody Thompson. Give me that guy. Yep. You know, he's he's more NFL ready. But again, if if he is your fourth receiver, if he's your backup slot receiver, you're in really good shape. If he's your starting slot receiver, you're probably you know two and fourteen. They can they can take guys like that. Um, I'm trying to think of, of who I uh, um, uh, Sean Bunting, a possible second round pick as a cornerback out of Central Michigan. I've seen this guy play quite a bit. He's he's pretty good. He's probably going to get drafted higher than I would want him to. Uh, he's he's not physical as a as a tackler. Sort of runs into people with, without using his hands and bounces off them. <laughs> Has some lapses in coverage, but man, he's he's six feet tall. He's got really long arms. He's got a forty-one and a half vertical. He's got a, a ridiculous broad jump. Incredible athlete. Confident. Plays the ball well. If he's your number three cornerback, and he might be if you take him at number you know forty-nine. That's fantastic. But if he, like last year, if, if, without Denzel Ward, go back to 2015, he would have been your number one corner as your second-round pick. So th- that's the kind of guy where now they're not going to have to push these guys up higher and, and make them better than they need to be. We can accept them for what they are. Um, and Bunting is a guy that I know that the Browns have some interest in if he even lasts that long. So there, there, there's a name to watch in the second right there. Yeah, uh, you know, with Dane Brugler, once he kind of gives that stamp of approval, all of a sudden, then you're like, all right, well, it was a nice little story now, but now all of a sudden, we're not stealing the guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Dane, Dane's, Dane's a little higher on him than I am. I, I've seen Bunting play in person uh, four times, plus the Senior Bowl, um, and I'm not as high on him. And, and I'll say this, there's another uh, Michigan area uh, draft analyst who's also seen him in the same situation, and he's also not quite as high. We like him, just not the way that Dane does, so... Oh, yeah, by I mean, the way, Inter- that, that's an interesting juxtaposition. And, and there will be other players where I like them a lot more, and I know Dane has seen them. Dane lives in Texas, so he sees you know the TCU guys. Yeah. He, he's, he's much more down on some of the TCU talent than a lot of people who haven't seen them in person are. Um, and that, that does matter, so weigh that. You know, weigh that into the equation there. Yeah, well, maybe maybe sometimes too much exposure is not a good. You know, is not necessarily right. Exactly, yeah. it can be. Of course, um, of that's course. actually to, to go back to Eric Murray for a second. I saw him play three times in college, and the more I saw him, the less I liked him. But uh, the, the flip side was the more that I liked that that you know, bringing body Calhoun guy that was playing next to him. Uh, they had a safety on that team too, who wound up making it into the NFL for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, the, the, the exposure, it can be a mixed blessing because what if you catch the guy on a bad day? I know yep. when I saw, um, Eric Murray play at Michigan state, he had a rotten day and, and it was not indicative of his overall game. He just had a really bad day. It was a bad matchup. It was a wet field uh, and he didn't handle it well. So, you know, I've seen Eric Murray at his worst. So 
you know, take that into account when I'm when I'm telling you that I don't think he's going to be a starter for the Browns. Um, he could be, but uh, you know, th- th- there's a lower ceiling there than there was with Jabril Peppers. But there's probably a higher floor, and I think if he's at the floor, it's probably good enough for this defense. Yeah, and look, I mean, if he was a former cornerback, there's so much you can do with him. Obviously, you know, it, you know the versatility and schemes and the way you're showing coverage in Wilkes. Obviously, last year with Arizona, he was a nickel and dime. I think it was close to 70% of the time. If everything goes right with the Browns the way this year it's going to be, you're going to see a number equal to that, if not higher, if this offense does what it's supposed to do. I mean, if you're up 14 nothing by the second quarter, what's Cincinnati going to do? They're going to throw it 55 times. They're going to have no other option. Exactly. That's why Jamie Collins is superfluous and not not needed to be replaced because that role, that that strong side, that run-oriented, run-stuffing linebacker, they don't need that when the other team's throwing the ball forty times a game and you're winning, you know, seventeen to three in the middle of the second quarter. That that's that's what this Browns team is designed to be. It's what the Saints were designed to be, and they're pretty yep. darn good at it. It's what the Colts were designed to be when they had Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and, and Robert Mathis and. And Dwight Freeney. Um, I'm not comparing our guys to them, but that's the that's the fundamental principle that's at play here. And it, it, when it works, man, it's it's beautiful to watch, Jeff. It really is. Yeah. Well, and and the premise is basically, if you're going to beat us, you better be coming to score forty because that's that's we're coming to score forty. Um, obviously, Kansas City Chiefs style. From the, but I mean, that's it. I mean, you're going to have your spit the bit games, you know, where that it happens and it just didn't go right that day, but. Everything here, you know, on paper, you know, it should, I mean, should be a goddamn pinball machine as far as that, that scoreboard is concerned. Um, guys, Jeff Risen, uh, all the work over at Browns Wire, all the work over at Lions Wire. Um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, does his own personal stuff and just NFL thoughts and stuff of that nature over at Real GM. Uh, always a fantastic guest. Always a great guy to talk to. And uh, if you want to set the volleyball, Jeff's the guy to drive that sucker home for you. I'm 5'10". He's close to the 6'5", or whatever it is. It's good. Um, and it's going to be nice. I'm so. retired, Jeff. My glory days are past me now. Uh, I, 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 I transfer that on to my kids. I've seen the video of your son. Yeah, I, I think those days are over. Um, and po- very possibly, yes. if all works out correctly, um, the son of my future, uh, the father of my future son-in-law, if all goes well for me. If not, <laughs> if not, maybe she can get a job. You know, in his camp, handling the finances for him, handling the shoe endorsements, whatever. Um, but always a blast here. Um, Guys, uh, Lockdown Browns, the Twitter account, we always keep that a follow-back account, so go ahead and make sure you're following over there. If Guys, I know a lot of you people aren't big into Twitter. Anything you want to ask, always send a DM over to the Lockdown Browns account. Uh, I've actually developed a bunch of relationships with people over there. I get it. Some social media platforms are not for everybody. If it wasn't for this gig, yeah, there'd be times where I'd want to take Twitter and just run away for months at a time, but it's kind of essential to what we do here. Follow me personally, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, guys, remember the Himalaya app. Check it out if you're looking for something different. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.